Welcome to the Peak Too Early podcast. This is season three, episode nine, the Oscar turns 24, 24. episode. Oscar, how are you doing? I feel fantastic. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Welcome to the Peak Too Early podcast. This is season three, episode nine, the Oscar turns 24, 24. episode. Oscar, how are you doing? I feel fantastic. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you, past Blake and past Oscar, for the very nice introduction. Uh, fast forward two weeks when we're finally recording the actual podcast. Oscar, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, I'm good. It is my fault that we haven't recorded the podcast. So apologies. I've turned 24. As my brother would say, um, my football career is like officially over now. I'm too old now. To like potentially still be able to break through, um, yeah, so that's a aged, shame. Aged, I've aged out, out of the academy. Yeah. What about you, Blake? How you doing? I'm good. I got to see you and Jenny, which was lovely. Yes. Um, you got to see my mustache for the. It first was time. fantastic. Yeah, suits you. Um, I got to see your longer hair, which yeah, I was not expecting. Oh. You're always so like neat and proper. Mm. Uh, so I'm was, growing it out. I'm gonna try and grow it yeah, out. Actually, I was surprised by the the punk boy, the uh, the crazy, it's much, much mm. Theo's look rather than yours. You think so? Interesting. Okay. Okay. I think Theo's a little bit more of a bad boy than you are. Um, I I yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like he maybe he looks like a bad boy, but I don't know if he is one. Maybe maybe I don't know. I I have to reconnect with him over the break. Maybe I, 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 there's things that I don't know. He has the look down though with the earrings. He looks great. I was going to say so. the earrings, the long earrings. Yeah, the it's long earrings look great. Fashion. I'm quite jealous of him. So. Oh, yeah. He's a good looking kid. He so. is. Um, no, your well, mustache looks great. I actually spent some time trying to find a footballer that has a similar looking thing. I went back all the way to like the 90s. She probably should have gone further back for the facial hair. Couldn't find anyone. So, you know, maybe you're a pioneer. Um, of of that kind of footballing mustache. I think if you combined your hair with my uh, mustache, yeah, I think we would look like Super Mac, um, who I once referenced, and you were like, I don't know who that is. Uh, Malcolm McDonald. Oh, uh, I it, it'd have to be a very specific time in his career when he had the long middle part. Hmm. Uh, now he never had a mustache. See, if I had a mullet, Rudy Voller. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. You know who Rudy Voller is? One of the greats. Uh, I, I okay. I know uh, who he is from the picture. Rude Kulit spit in his in his hair. Remember, in like the nineteen something World Cup. Anyway, yeah, he actually he has a similar mullet to my sister, my oldest. Really? Sister. Yeah, okay. she's got the That's curly mullet down. That's enlightening. Um, but she is also she is eh, in senior's height. Um, so very small. Imagine Rudy Voller with uh, a foot chopped off of him. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of looking nice, or more like not looking nice. Mm. Uh, we do have quite a bit of football to discuss. We Although do. this is a special episode, um, with this being a very unique 
year and season. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can't stick to the formulaic podcast uh, setups. So we will talk very briefly about state of play and some a few teams which are important to talk about. But then we're going to talk team of the season so far, the Tots. And uh, I have some a few questions to see. You know, you're always very good at knowing who's in the leaderboards and whatnot, but I want to mm. test your knowledge. Okay. Okay. So I want to start off talking about Chelsea Ooh. with you. Ooh. Uh, who, you know, we've gotten a couple of the matches of the Grand Potter experiment. Yes. Um, and uh, they are already calling for the sack. Um, yeah. So, first and foremost, uh, do the que- do the problems with Chelsea go deeper than Tuchel and deeper than Graham Potter? That's a great question. Um, I don't even know if I would frame it as problems. I just think that this is a team that is in transition period and a and a bit of a tricky one. So the ownership has changed. I think that whatever Todd Bowley's vision is for this club is going to be much more apparent next summer than it is right now. Um, is he going to just look to like have Chelsea ha- as his plaything and like sign Cristiano Ronaldo, which is looking like a possibility, and sort of throw money at these older players, or is he going to back a manager like Potter and do an actual rejuvenation of the squad? And that's I think where some of the issues are coming from. That right now, the the squad is turning over and they they have like these players that are in limbo so you have your christian politics and your kai havertz and these types of players who are or were mercurial young prodigies that are sort of struggling a bit and then you have players like Kani chukua and trevor chalaba who are really young academy players or players who have been signed from different academies that are coming through and kind of taking up roles. And then you have the likes of Jorginho and, I don't know, even N'Golo Conte and Azpilicueta, who are older players at the end of their careers who are used to a different environment. So it's a bit of a hodgepodge. And I think that if... I think that Chelsea really does need to stick with Graham Potter because I think Graham Potter is a brilliant coach and there will be teething problems. There were teething problems when he was at Brighton. Um, a few years ago at the beginning. So I think he needs time. I think they can weather it. But um, Chelsea is, you know, if Todd Bowley and whoever's in charge continues the culture that Abramovich has continued, then it doesn't matter. They'll recycle, they'll get rid, and they'll still be successful. Um, But I think we'll see whether that will be the case like eight months down the line. What do you think, though? I was just going to follow up with another question saying, mm. can a team that spent My 180 million and then yeah. a further 200 million, you know, give that much time to a manager? Um, it depends yeah. on whether they care or not. No, right. Like it depends on whether they care. Does Todd Bolly care about spending that much money and not getting top four? I don't know. What do you see. think? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I would guess, uh, because it's not just Todd Bowley, isn't it? A consortium yeah, of investors. Else, yeah. And whenever you have a consortium of investors, you know people get 
wet feet and they get scared when they're not seeing returns and you know there'll be that additional pressure and also just personally i hope it all goes wrong so well yeah um, obviously uh, we all hope it goes crashing down and they have they have like five years like man united have had and that kind of stuff i mean that's hilarious when that happens so yeah but if you had to make me guess i would guess no they're not going to give potter the patience they're going to sack him yeah at some point very yeah prematurely and it, probably as soon as a huge name shows interest um, yeah do you think that potter's reputation will take any sort of hit from if it's a failed stint no i don't think so yeah i agree i think he'll agree. just get another job he'll get a job like palace or what's that um, West Ham, yeah, you know, please. and be very successful. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Chelsea have had a very poor run of form, especially for their standards, losing three matches in a row for the first time since Mourinho's last season at Chelsea. Uh, and that involved 4-1 to Potter's old guard. Yeah. Uh, 0-1 to Arsenal, which is not a bad result. Um, but 0-1 to Newcastle in a match that yeah. was so pleasing to me. Yeah, um, I bet. It uh, won. So Newcastle were already guaranteed top four at Christmas before this match. This gave Newcastle top three at Christmas, which is something that has not been done since 2001. Uh, we've never been in the top three, not even, you know, on a like three matches into the season. We've never been top three since 2001. Um, this match saw uh, Edouard Mondi actually do quite well in his return. Um, and uh, the back line were all fine. Uh, Thiago Silva, Caldo Koulibaly, and Trevor Chalaba all decent that was pretty much it for chelsea uh mm-hmm. their midfield got absolutely swallowed up by uh pretty much just joe linton but joe linton and sean longstaff um that duo really choked out the midfield and as a result the chelsea attack did nothing um i think they had three shots on target two of them being hopeful you know dribblers that just go into pope's hand and one being a really good shot by Connor Gallagher that got saved really well. But on the pitch, none of it really mattered. Oh, by the way, Joe Willock with the game winner. Um, What's a goal? The, the best Very knee satisfying. slider in the Premier League. Yes. Um, Happy for him. He's been uh, really good for the past, what, end of last season, beginning of this season? Just, yes, a, just a first-team player, really, which is, which is all he wanted when he moved there. He has been... Very, very important for Newcastle. Um, he does a lot of things really well. He, uh, for a while, he led the Premier League in uh, yards progressed um, by uh, a midfielder, I think. Um, which, you know, that's always super important. However, the best part of this match was at full time uh, when Chelsea and Newcastle go fist to fist. Um, this is a continuation of the Dan Byrne Kai Havertz rivalry that has been taking place. Um, after 
Kai Havertz's terrible uh, flying elbow that yes. left the right knob on Dan Burns' forehead. Um, speaking of which, I saw people still arguing that that's not a red card for Kai Havertz. Yeah, it's... Uh, if oh, I... Is. Can you imagine a scenario where I elbow you in the no. forehead? Exactly. There's no way no. that arm could be in a natural no. position. No, and it's unnatural. You and me are similar to Kai Havertz and Dan Byrne. Yeah. Um, there's no way I could elbow you there. I don't even think I could if I really tried. I would have to jump. Um, well, you could. No, you could if you tried, but that's the point, right? That's right. the exact point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there were several, you know, instances in this match there's once where dan Byrne just picked up kai havertz and threw him on the floor yes. uh somehow did not Hilarious. get a yellow card for that yeah um but then at full time uh it all went to scraps kai havertz squares up with dan Byrne. dan Byrne makes light work of him um gives him a shove mm-hmm. that sends him like six feet flying backwards yes uh and then pretty much everyone tried to get into it with joel Linton, which uh will not end up well for anybody. But no. I think most embarrassingly for Chelsea, at full time, the second the whistle blew, several of the coaches for Chelsea sprinted down to the Newcastle box to get into it with Dan Byrne and Joe Linton, um, mm. which you know is just pretty pathetic. Um, and yeah. you know Chelsea were totally rattled this match. They were rattled. Because I think this was a, they they were scared. They were scared that this was like a turn, a turning of the guard. That Newcastle showed up in this match, and were like, we are here to stay now. And there's a new there's a new big boy in town. That's what it looks like to me, at least. Yeah, I agree. Um, Chelsea, you know, came to St James's and set up the same way that we saw Burnmouth come to St James's and set up. You know. 10 or 11 men behind the ball at all times. Mm. Um, it really seemed like they were playing for a draw. Um, and, you know, to be fair to yeah. them, they almost got it. Um, can, I, can I just say something, one thing really fast? Of course. It's astonishing to me that you're doing this without Alexander Izak and Alan San Maxwell. That's yeah, crazy. It, That's crazy. I, I think it's because it's more the team is really well like you know we're getting great performances out of players like jacob murphy who as much as he tries and as much as he's a good guy you know it's very clear to anyone who watches football jacob murphy will never be a top three player uh or a player in a a regular player in a top three side in the premier league um no of course not but he's enjoying he's enjoying his moment in the sun now right and and the thing he gives you is graft and you a club like Newcastle is always okay. Maybe not always because you're evolving, but right now and probably for the next couple of years is always going to value and need a player with graft. Same thing uh, with uh, Sean Longstaff. He's just—I mean, he's just a dog, yeah. right? Like Sean Longstaff's actually amazing, though. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know him as much, but like these types of players, right? Sean Longstaff is also um, not a top three player. Yes, I agree. I, I yeah, yeah. He's incredibly important to what Newcastle do, though. Um, but he's certainly the first midfielder that gets dropped. Um, sure, and he probably will be when John Joe Shelby is back healthy. You think um, so? That's yeah. I think he is because he's so much better than John Joe Shelby. Eddie Howe prefers this 
John Joe Shelby being the deep playmaker because it allows Bruno Guimaraes to be farther forward and not have to occupy that very defensive role. Mm. Um, yeah, I hate John Joe as much as the next guy, but yeah. it's what Eddie Howe prefers. So, sure. um, but Eddie Howe is very loyal to players who play well. So I think it will take, you know, it'll take some bad performances by Sean Longstaff to get out of the team. It won't just be John Joe coming back healthy. And Jamal LaSalle's played in this match, right? That's, or is a serious question? Or it is. I didn't see. I haven't seen anything. Did he? Or no? My Siri turned on. Hold on. Okay. I thought he did. You'll have seen him in the you know talking points about this match. Newcastle had already made all five subs. Uh huh. Uh, however, 89th minute or maybe 91st minute, you know, somewhere around the 90 minute mark, uh, with no subs remaining, Chelsea have a throw in. Kukurea is taking it, and uh, Jamal Lascelles, despite you know all the subs are used up, he cannot go on the pitch. He uh-huh. is warming up, and he decides to do his stretching like basically hip to hip with Kukurea uh, as he's trying to take a throw in. That's why I heard about it. Okay. Um, no, he did not appear in this match. Um, and actually, I'm you know happy to ask you a question off that. Should oh. a player who's not on the pitch, if they interfere with play, should that be a straight red card? Yes. That's fair. I think um, so. You know, I think if it's intentional, then yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this was clearly intentional, but he Jamal Lascelles feigned. I'm just trying to warm up. It's kind of hilarious. Um, But this is another thing. One, first of all, the ref. This is uh, you know, this classic thing I complain about where the ref failed to take control of the game in the first 80 minutes and therefore Mm. totally lost it in the last 15. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like not calling dirty tackles, you know, just causes frustration amongst the teams. And then towards the end of the match, especially when the game's still close, you know, players are flying into tackles. Yeah. Um, you'll see, I think it was Hakim Ziyech, uh, or maybe yes. it was Kovacic, got forgotten flipped man, by Hakeem Dan Byrne. Um, to be fair, totally clean tackle. There's literally nothing dirty about that. Mm. Um, but uh, Bruno went in for a tackle where if he connected should have been a red card. Um, yeah. But he, you know, he just was six meters behind the player. Um, but yeah. Um, so, you know, ref did not have control of this match at all. Caused a lot of, you know, really strong challenges. Uh, somehow gave seven minutes of extra time at the end of the match, which was, very strange. Um, one of the only stoppages of the game was this, uh, the celebrations for Joe Willick's goal. So mm. very confused at how seven minutes got added. Yeah. Then for this throw in Jamal, Lewis, uh, Jamal LaSalle's uh, Kukurea incident. Um, by the way, NBC called him Chirelia or something. Oh my god. Yeah, classic, yeah, terrible pronunciation of Spanish words. Um, This throw-in took about two minutes to occur. 
not because of the Jamal LaSalle's thing, because the Chelsea players kept putting the ball down on the pitch trying to take a free kick. And the ref was going, no, no, throw in, throw in. And then the Chelsea just kept putting the ball back down and then trying to do another free kick. Um, and it was just very strange. Uh, but this was already in extra time. So, you know, who knows? It was mm-hmm. a strange match. It was very poor refereeing. Um, I think it's one of those things where both teams were lucky not to have a player sent off. Yeah. Uh, and then it culminates in a scrap at the end. Wow. Um, but no red cards, no discipline, no nothing coming out of this match. And unfortunately, because the Premier League wants to do this, you know, picture of, of you know, sportsmanship and whatnot, absolutely no highlights contain the fight at the end. Um, so uh, it's very, I, all you can find is just like videos from the crowd. Um, but talking about very poor with Chelsea, uh, I'm very sorry to do this for you. Yeah. But with your birthday, West Ham gifted you a continuation of poor form. They sure did, uh, like Newcastle. Or sorry, ooh, I'm so used to saying Newcastle. Yeah, poor form. West Ham are one point off the bottom of the table, uh, which is very bad. Uh, they have four losses in their last five games. That's as bad as Wolves, as bad as Burnmouth. Uh, and, you know, those are the three worst teams on form uh, in the past uh, five matches. So you've told me this once before. I just want you to call your shot. Does David Moyes leave over this international break? Moyes, I, Moyes is not going to quit. I think he should be fired. I, I think he should be fired. Um, whether that happens, I honestly don't know. I, I, uh, what I can say is I hope it does happen. I want him to be fired now. I think when we blasted a pod three weeks ago, I was still on the fence. Now I'm firmly, I think he needs to go. I think he needs to be fired. Uh, yeah, it's a bad situation. The, I think the only thing that is different is that our squad is objectively better. And to be fair, we're only 14 matches in. So way less than halfway you know the matches like stuff can turn around so i'm not panicking uh but this is bad we're playing horribly um there is no cohesion and i think moise's spark has gone um and yeah it's just bad i want him to go but no he doesn't walk who would be the manager mark noble oh like interim no, not Noble. He's stepped up into the board. It will be one. It will be a coach or something. Uh, it's one of his. You know, Mark Warburton is there. Like someone will take over. Um, that's part of his. Part of his squad. I, I, I think. I, I honestly don't know. I haven't even thought that far ahead. Um, I hope the West Ham board is thinking further ahead because I, I don't even know which candidates I would ask to take over if they. You know. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, Craig Dawson, manager. Craig Dawson. Player. Yeah, sure. Um, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, Mauricio Pochettino, right, would be the dream, but he's never gonna. He's never gonna come to West Ham. So um, he could. It's in London. He could. He could. It's not a never, but uh, I don't think so. Um, I think Mauricio Pochettino fell in love with Tottenham. 
and he's waiting for Conte to leave so he can come back, pretty much. Wow. Um, That'd be impressive. I think that's what's happening. I, I do, I do. I mean, I just think, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, is it, it's poor. It's poor. It's sad. I'm kind of living vicariously through you. I, I, I hope our form turns around. I, I don't think we're in danger of relegation yet. I think there are worse teams than us. Forrester worse than us. Everton are worse than us. Uh, Bournemouth, you know, they have fight, but they have a way worse squad than us. Um, Southampton are pretty bad. There are a lot of bad teams. So I think we should be okay. But, um, but yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I will say for West Ham, you know, next match, Cambridge United, testosterone match, get the testosterone flowing. Go sure. into the next match full of confidence. You have Fulham, which you could win. Uh, then you have Arsenal, which, you know, write that off. But then Brentford, Leeds, Wolves, Everton, very favorable. Um, especially if you kick Cambridge around, which I don't particularly like Cambridge. Um, so, yeah. But, Agreed. Yeah, you know, holds out hope. Uh, you know, you've got favorable fixtures. Plus, you know, if there's a sacking, you hopefully we'll get a little bit of a bounce and uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. There are probably five teams worse than West Ham. So it'll be a very disappointing season, but I don't think it's going to be relegation or anything. This isn't 2016. Um, okay. Uh, talking about relegation candidacy or the lack thereof. Um, Leicester City are third in the yes. form table, crawling their way out of the depths um, and with things, seemingly a lot of unhappiness being smoothed over, uh, which is exactly what winning does for a team. So uh, Leicester, four wins in their last five, including some very impressive wins, uh, including you know the thumping that they did of West Ham. Um, and then convinced wins against Leicester, mm-hmm. Wolves, Leeds, you know, teams they should be beating, teams that yeah. you would expect a team not to get relegated to win. So, yeah. Any thoughts? Have you heard anything I, about Rodgers? Or... I sort of feel guilty because, I mean, I've just been so, like, disparaging of Leicester. Um, I'm really happy that they've turned it around. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a good club. I think the biggest highlight here is the tu- the turnaround in the defenses form. The the defenses form has been insane. Like they let in like twenty something goals prior to this run, and after this run, it's been like three. This guy who's the uh, David Luiz regen Rump Feish, whatever his name is. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's looked really good. Uh, yeah, Voot Feish or whatever, the Belgian guy. Um, he's looked really good, and yeah, they look just kind of cohesive. And ugh, I guess I got to give my props to Brendan Rogers. I don't really like him, but yeah, he turned it around. Brendan Rogers talked about how he had this this interview where he was talking about how uh, oh, like in previous clubs, I've known when the sacking is coming because I I can like feel the betrayal. You know, like his like f- language that he uses. He was, he was like, I can feel the betrayal. I can always feel it coming. And he said, oh, I never felt it with uh, the board. So, you know, um, Leicester are cash-strapped. Um, they're not in a great place, you know, sort of like financially, logistically. But the turnaround on the pitch can only be a good thing. So props to them. 
Yeah, um, I had a stat about Wutfeisch, but I lost mm. it. Um, oh. Something about like his tackles per minute. Um, yeah, Harvey Barnes. Very impressive. Mm. Harvey Barnes has had a has a, has had an uptick in form, and this is a guy that a couple years ago was sort of being touted as a uh, as a as a as an England international, a consistent England national. Obviously, that hasn't happened for him in, with the World Cup, but six goals in thirteen matches now for Harvey Barnes is a is a good output, a very good output, in fact. And uh, you know he's he's a good player, so you know um, they they've definitely got talent. Yeah, they certainly do, and they're what up to fourteenth, thirteenth, thirteenth, I think. Yeah, thirteenth. Yeah, so you know that's pretty favorable. Um, mm. And we will see how you know this next part of the season goes for them. Yep. Um, talking about you know Leicester's on the uptick. Let's talk about down tick. Down tick. Uh, Everton Football Club. Oof, they're in trouble. Uh, booed off uh, on both legs against Bournemouth, uh, yeah. which is impressive by the away fans. Um, it seven one over both legs. Uh, the Everton players, including in, sorry, including Iwobi were throwing their shirts into the crowd and the Everton supporters were throwing the shirts back down to the players, mm. uh, which is never a good sign. Uh, no, that's a bad sign. Yeah. I think Frank Lampard is uh, like the third favorite to get sacked, um, but that still had Hassan Hutel as the number one most likely to get sacked. So I figure he's probably number two right now. Uh, is this it? Is this it for Everton? Uh, relegation? Or no. Lampard so. and... So I think there are two managers that should be fired or should not be in their, in their roles come Dece- late December, January, and it's Lampard and Moyes. I think these two managers should go. Um, I think the only reason that Everton fans haven't turned on Lampard is because they've decided that he, and I'm doing massive air quotes, gets the club. Like... I don't. They hated Rafa Benitez with such a passion that, like, they just latched onto Lampard. Lampard is not a very good manager. I think he's a good coach. Like, I think he can coach certain positions really well. I mean, the fact that we've seen now in every club, like, he's brought through midfielders really well. So, like, he can clearly coach a midfield. He can coach an attack. Okay, we already know he can't coach a defense. The, the only reason that they've been more defensively sound is because they signed Cody and Tarkovsky, who are like amazing defenders. Um, I think he should go. I don't think Everton does, should get relegated like with this team and the cohesion they have. To be fair, I think they've, they've been on a bad run. Um, it, was, it was only a couple of pods ago that we were talking about how Everton are doing really well. They're up in the table. I think this is a club that um, you have to sort of think, okay, this is 14 games in. It's similar to West Ham, but they have a worse team than us and a worse manager than us. And and they've sort of like forgotten that they almost got relegated last season and they actually have to avoid it again this season. So I can see it all being fine for Everton. But yeah, I think they should get rid of Lampard. Yeah, yeah. I'll say I can't imagine them going down in like 19th or 20th, but I can yeah, imagine I them being a side that gets yanked into the bottom three on the final day. 
um, I just, just to get I just think they have the personnel. Like I would say, I mean, Lopetegui just been appointed by Wolves is an X factor, but th- like Everton have a Everton have more Premier League ready. Let's let me say players than than Wolves do. Wolves have this like eclectic group of like major major talents that just like can't play together. And so like there are there are teams that are worse than Everton, I would say. Yeah. But I I don't know. Um do you want them to go down? I bet you do. Everton? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. hate Everton. So of course I want them to go down. Um and I also hate Frank Lampard, so you know it's like a twofer. Um twofer, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, abysmal. Um but I don't know. I feel like they 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 have a decent chance of responding in these next few matches. I mean, they've got Wolves next, um, but then uh, you know, Brighton and Southampton. So, you know, uh not horrendous, you know, run that where we'll be talking about how well they're playing in yeah mid January's time. Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh you know, sackings and whatnot. Uh we should address the new well, okay. I guess do you want to talk about Lopetegui? Who I can no, never really. pronounce his name. Lopetegui. Lopetegui? Yeah. It's a very I mean, in Spanish, it'd be like Lopetegui, right? Lope, Lope, yeah, because they don't do the J, the j so it's Lopetegui. But um, maybe it's not even a Spanish name. Anyway, no, I don't really care about Lopetegui. Um, so well, we can say, talk about him afterwards. Yeah, He's Basque, so, you know, that's Yeah, like so it's not a, a, a French pronunciation. Spanish. Yeah, right. who, who knows what it would be. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, who knows what wolves are? You know, we don't know enough to talk about the appointment. We do know quite a bit about Nathan Jones, uh, who betrayed Luton twice now. Yeah. Uh, and each time he's lo- left Luton, uh, he's gone on to be one of the worst managers. I'm joking. Okay. Well, he, so he's he left, left them once. He left for Stoke. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and they were horrible. Ahead of he was horrible. Yeah. One of the worst Stoke managers. But to be ever. fair. Every manager has struggled at Stoke since, so I think it is a bit of Stoke as well. To be fair, yeah. The problem at Stoke is he wasn't English, you know. So right, exactly. Succeed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, once again, betraying Luton. Luton fans yeah. finding the silver lining um, because the last time he left Luton, they went on to get promoted as champions, um, up to the championship. Um, so they're hoping for. Another promotion now that he's left again. Um, yeah. Do you think Nathan Jones has what it takes to crack it in the Premier League? I think Nathan Jones is a very, very, very good coach. Um, I think that this smacks of Southampton preparing for the championship. Uh, so, like, you know, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much more to say other than that. Uh, I. I I, I, I think that Joe, Nathan Jones has betrayed Luton again, which is weird to me. But also, like, can you blame him for taking a Premier League job? Probably not. Like, if I was in his position, of course I would take a Premier League job. I mean, going from Luton to, to the Premier League is quite something. And, and he's done an amazing job at Luton. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what to think of Southampton. I think it, pro- it probably is time for them for them to to go down. Um, but but I think that maybe as I said, this is them preparing for the championship. And I think with this young squad, they can can really set the the championship on fire. I've I've basically already already relegated them. But maybe that's kind of getting ahead of myself. But that's what I think. The only other thing I'll say before I turn back to you on Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones is a really in your face Christian. Like, he's kind of a lot. So that makes me just not like him very much. Um, he's, like, always talking about Christ and stuff in it. Which is, honestly, it's really weird for, like, England. Like, that's not really a thing. I mean, he's Welsh, and there's, like, some really devout Christians there. But, yeah, he's he's kind of a lot to me. He's a weird, he's kind of a weird dude. Maybe he's trying to pander to the American Southampton fan. Maybe. But he has, um, like, he has, like... If you ever see him in the summer, like he has, he has all these religious tattoos. Like he has praying hands, and he has like I think a crucifixion on his biceps, and he has like the words Jesus Christ on like his arm, and then on his back, I saw a picture of it once. He has the creation of Adam. Like I like did the, see that the whole painting, like the Michelangelo painting, on his back. It's weird. Sorry. No offense to anyone who's Christian, but I just think it's kind of a lot. Yeah. Well, this is a half Jewish podcast, so sure. exactly. uh, we're very pro uh, shitting on the Christians here. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, about Nathan Jones. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. I got, I got sidetracked. No worries. Yeah. Um, I will say every time he joins a new club, he makes a lot of signings. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and every uh, his last three job switches, he's signed a six four plus striker. So uh, prepare for some lump to get signed by Southampton. Uh, and that is it. Um, this is. If Southampton get relegated, it's been a long time. It's been like over it has been 10 a long years. time. Um, I don't even remember that 2012 Southampton team that got relegated. Uh, I, I don't remember them at all. Yeah, I Irrelevant don't remember them. Yeah, I couldn't no, remember. single player. No. Well, that does get us over the line talking about uh, the plethora of matches that occurred since the last time we recorded but oscar have you prepared some team of the season so far players for me i have indeed i have indeed um i just thought this would be a fun little activity for us to do before the world cup of course the world cup is around the corner i'm trying to hype myself up for it i'm trying my best i want to i want to watch as much of it as i can um it is I mean, I think we'll do some pod specials. I'm sure we'll touch on all the difficulties of it being where it is and the context of that. But I'm trying to hype myself up for it. Maybe we'll watch a couple of games together. I think that'd be really nice. Um, USA versus England. Yeah, I know. I got to USA versus England. I feel like I have so many people that are demanding that I watch it with them that we got to go to like a pub somewhere and watch it to all of us. Um, a, yeah, I have a good one in DC. Yeah, there's one in DC that people keep mentioning. Although I heard it's a Liverpool bar, so. I don't know mm-hmm. about that, but no. Okay, good. Not that one. Anyway, regard. Moving on. I thought it would be fun to do a team of the season so far, a totus of 
Um, just to celebrate uh, players that have been great, maybe to have a little bit of debate. Um, and yeah, I just figured we could sort of go through a team one by one um, and talk about it. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got a basic, a very basic 4-3-3. My midfield would probably get run over in a real life, but I don't really care about that. What formation are you running? I also picked a 4-3-3. Excellent. Um, yeah. You know, full uh, Eddie Howe, 4-3-3. All righty. Well, Blake, you want to go first or second? We can do a virtual coin toss. Uh, I'll go first. All right. Um, I love the confidence. Just because goalkeeper... Well, we're going to go one by one, right? So just say your goalkeeper, I'll say mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I was just yes. saying, for my goalkeeper, I struggled a lot with this pick. Um, and I gave it with an wow. asterisk, Keppa. But I, I okay. could see the argument that he's not made enough appearances. Um, yeah. So he got injured, I didn't give he? it to Jordan Pickford. You would give it. You hate Jordan Pickford, and you would give it to Jordan yeah. Pickford. Yeah, I told you. I he's been amazing. He has been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jordan Pickford had an absolute howler this match day. I am really hoping that he is just getting that out of the way before the World Cup because he was terrible. Um, he yeah, Jordan Pickford is. It's gonna be he Nick won't. Pope. Yes, he absolutely will. It's going to be Nick Pope. I I would bet thousands of dollars that he would. He is absolutely. I'm speechless that you think he is not going to start for England. Do you have thousands of dollars to bet. No, but I would do it because I would win it off you. Gareth Southgate has called up Harry Maguire based off loyalty. There's no way he's starting Pope. There's no way. Pickford starts. There's ab- there's absolutely no way. I would bet, never even mind thousand. I would bet millions that Pickford would start. Wow, absolutely. Okay, I'm really. That's really interesting that you think that. Uh, watch that space, listeners, because I I think I I'm adamant that I'm right. There's no way. Pope is a like. In fact, I had Pope as a backup, my best goalie, because I think he's been really good this season. Um, yeah. But but Pickford will start for England for 100. For me, okay. Um, let me let yeah. me just say why I did not include Pope. Um, okay, yeah, do that. And so one, I think part of it is Pope has too good of a defense in front of him that he just doesn't face enough super challenging attempts on goal. Yeah, that's um, true. Because your defense has does, been so good. Right, exactly. Yeah. So because of that, just the sample size is not big enough. Yeah. Whereas at Pickford gets peppered. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I've gone for Anison. And I'll tell you why. It's because Anison is having a season like David De Gea had uh, like six years ago in that terrible Man United side. Um, Allison has... First of all, he's a monster on a one-on-one. Like, no one can get past him. He's like Yan or Black. But it's mainly because he has... His post-shot XG is seven. So he's saved Liverpool's seven goals, um, which is, like, ridiculous. Like, I think he's on track for double double the amount of post-shot XG that David De Gea had in that, like, incredible season. Um, and and he's in front of a horrible defense. And, yeah, he's just... His numbers are really good. Uh, his distribution is really good. 
He's just an imperious goalkeeper, and there's a reason he's number one for Brazil over Edison. So that's who I've gone for. Okay, that's fair. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really argue with post shot XG. Yeah, um, it's that was mainly it. I just felt yeah. It's a pretty good stat. Just looking at who's uh, competing with him for that. Um, they have this by team, which is really annoying. Chelsea are plus 4.5. My God. Which, I guess it's a combination of... Yeah, because it says two players. So mm. I guess it's the combination of the two. Um, Pickford yeah. with 3.9. Um, and West Ham with 1.8. Wow. Uh, Newcastle mm. with 2.2. Okay, enough stats. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I guess if I had seen this stat, yeah. I, I would say your pick is a better pick than mine. Mm. But Kepa, I mean, resurgent. It's a, it's, I like it. I like that you... He deserves some praise, for sure. Right, and yeah, I have a flair for controversy. So. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, give me... Did you pick a proper left back, proper right back, or did you pick... Um, I definitely picked a proper right back. I, I have I struggle with my left back. I don't think there's many good left backs Thanks. in the Premier League. Chancelo, burn. Uh, yeah, I got Chancelo. I um, also you got Dan Burn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a uh, Dan Burn is a good shout. I mean, he's been amazing. Um, but you could slot him in but, pretty much anywhere in the defense. So yes, um, he's only started five at left back. So right. Yeah, Chancelo. I, I don't even think Chancelo is having as good a season as last year. But I mean, he's he's still probably the best left back in the league. Um, yeah, going forward, he's still yeah. incredible. I mean, he basically plays as a midfielder most of the time. But yeah, Chancellor. Okay, I will give you my uh, central defenders, and I have Sven Botman, and then Tarkovsky, um, just because he straightened out Everton. This is the Tarkovsky pick is Tarkovsky is a contribution. Good pick. To no, the squad is yeah. better than his actual defensive capabilities. No, I had Tarkovsky as a potential. I think that's a great pick. I think I think your two picks are better than mine. So talk to me about Sven Botman before I tell you, because I want to hear more about him. Um, he's being called the best defender Newcastle have had in the last twenty years, yeah. um, which I think is a pretty fair shout. Um, He's strong. He lost his first aerial duel last oh, week against Southampton, and it was because it was like a, you know, one, it went out of bounds, and two, it was like a not very important duel. Um, mm. You know, he kind of just backed off the player uh, and let the Southampton man get the ball. Uh, he has yet to be dribbled past. Uh, mm. He is like top six, I think, in pass completion, yards progressed by a center back. Um, he's just, he's a proper Rolls Royce right. player. Um, and plus six foot five. But and not going to the World Cup, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of a travesty, um, mainly because like Nathan Ake got picked. I don't. I don't really rate Nathan Ake. I just love um, Nathan Ake. I don't... I guess he must be, like, really smart or something. Um, yeah. Just, like, always impressing managers. 
you um, you know you know who is going to sorry this is an aside but you know who is going to the world cup chavi simons is he first of all chavi simons is going to the world cup yeah ridiculous he but he scored eight goals in 14 for in the area division for psv he's like what? he has been insane oh. chavi simons this season i didn't know that he's only 19 he's he played or he didn't play he acted his way out of psg uh and basically burned every bridge that he had He's like t- a terrible personality. Is he? Yeah. I heard that it was like the opposite and it was PSG who like really fucked him over. Oh, maybe I heard the PSG sources and you heard the Javi Simmons sources. Yeah. I heard he's like, yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, well, he, I know he also broke a bunch of the COVID. Oh, protocols. nice. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm, I just mentioned that because Chavi Simmons is uncapped, and so is Sven Botman, and I was like, well, maybe Sven Botman, because I didn't know, so I googled it. But yeah, I mean, that seems harsh that he's uh, that he's not that Ake is in front of him. But I suppose Ake is more versatile. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why. Um, you know, plus, who knows what's going on with the Netherlands squad? You know, they're so uh, strange, strange, disappointing, strange, strange team. They're like. England, uh, disappointing mm. in most tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Um, who do you pick? Uh, I picked William Saliba Very and Lissandra Martinez. Um, yeah, I thought you wouldn't like the Martinez one. Saliba, I, I picked just because he's been really impressive. I think he's taken the Premier League like, you know, if I want to be cliched, like a duck to water. Um, yeah, I think he's a leader. He's really young. But I think mainly it's because he's such an elite passer and his recovery speed is insane. Um, so that's sort of why I picked him. Lissandro Martinez, I picked primarily because everyone clowned him at the beginning of the year. And I think he's been Manchester United's best player. Um, I think he's come up against all types of forwards and he's been able to show that he can deal really confidently with all different types of forwards. And he's also elite on the ball. His on-the-ball numbers are among the best for his position in the Premier League. So that's why I picked those two. But your shouts are more interesting than mine, I think, probably. Yeah, Martinez is also a dirty little prick. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Nasty little player. Which I guess a lot of uh, Which people love. Newcastle players are nasty players as well. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's... um. Essentially, the most uh, elite Premier League progressive passer. Yeah. Uh, great player. He's I would actually player. be super interested if I can get this really quickly pulled up, if I could compare him to uh, to Sven Botman. Because I know his Sven mm. Botman's progression. So it was 93 for progressive... Yeah, so essentially, you know, Lucindro Martinez is in the 90th percentile. Yeah, Sven Botman is in the 75th percentile. He, so. He's elite. He is elite, Lucindro Martinez. Um, I would be shocked if we don't have the same person for right back. Uh, and well, unless you completely blow me away, I would also be surprised. It's got to be Kieran Trippier. It has to be. Yeah, this is a man who is in the top 10% of progressive passes and the top 20% of interceptions, blocks, and aerial duels in the Premier League. Um, 
ridiculous. I he has to start for England, um, and I think he he will. Um, I think it was you know Carl Walker hasn't started for England in, at the right back position in a while. He's sort of a centre back. I don't know what system Southgate's going to run in the World Cup, but I hope Trippier starts because he, this guy is insane. Like I just never even could have fathomed when he left Tottenham for Atletico that this would have happened. Um, what a player! What yeah. a player! Twelve million pounds. Yeah, just you know, those signings don't happen. And aging um, like a fine wine. He really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he's, he's not young, especially for his position, right? 33. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty old for a right back. Yeah. But he, in terms of like... 32. Um, 32. 32. So in terms yeah. of, um, you know, yards covered and, you know, all this statistics that tend to favor young players, um, you know, he's still up at the top with the most yeah. of them so oh he's just so fit isn't he and he's never had the the burning speed of the modern fullback so as he ages that's not really going to be an issue i don't think sort right. of coming into himself but i mean i would say so the only person that would have rivaled him if he had stayed fit is reese james but even if reese james had stayed fit i'd still be one him playing in the world cup ahead of reese james despite how good reese james is um so yeah, shout shout well, out. Well, Yeah, Reese James can also play as a right-sided center back in a back three. So, so I mean, so can Trippier, right? Yeah, Trippier but can I play. feel much more confident about Reese James there than. But yeah, do you think Trippier will start at right back or left back? Is he getting in in front of Shaw at left back, or do you think Southgate's just going to play Shaw? No, Trippier's going to be the right back, um, definitely. Um. God, if Shaw is the left back, then God save England. Um, no, I'm fine. Luke Shaw's been fine. Fine. He's been fine. And he's, he's good for England. I prefer Ben Chilwell in a left back there, probably. But, you know. I mean, what I would really prefer is Reese James at right back, Trippier at left back. But obviously that's not going to happen. So. That's fair. Uh, who do you want over free kicks, Trippier or James Madison? Uh, Trippier. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, okay. I think James uh, Madison will be a Newcastle player soon, so um, it won't even matter. Um, midfield? Rumored. Yes, speaking of James All Madison. Right. Uh, oh, dude, I have absolutely. James Madison, Bruno Guimaraes, and we Kevin have the same. De Bruyne. Yeah, we have the exact same. It, it's like no one else. The most insane midfield. Uh, and yeah. Bruno can would, play that defensive midfield that DM. role. He's just it would get run over as though. good there. Um, uh, yeah, I don't see anyone else getting into this this midfield. It has to be these three players for me. Um, yeah, I mean, if you were Bruno. going for a team, if you were going for a team that was actually real, maybe you'd have to put in someone like Rodri. That's literally what I was but, like. Yeah. Because Rodri is amazing. Uh, this, especially like for the past two years, he's just been like his his numbers are just insane um, okay, in so his position. But in that situation, I would do uh, Rodri DM KDB and Bruno slightly farther yeah. forward, and I would put Madison and out put Madison right at right wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. but I mean, what can we say about these? I mean, so my, in my notes, I got KDB. I think he will. 
maybe this is going to just make you be shocked. I think he'll be the if he stays fit for another three years, let's say, and puts his output best ever Premier League midfielder. I think he can eclipse Gerard Lampard. I think he can be the best ever. Um, Gimaraish is a few pods ago. I called him. A, he's going to be a franchise player if he wants to be for Newcastle. And then Madison, seven goals, four assists in like thirteen games. He's been incredible for the past 18 months. He got an England call-up for the World Cup, which honestly surprised me. I thought Southgate was just going to overlook him because he doesn't like him. But, I mean, I'm excited for him to be in the squad. And he has just been ridiculous this season. Um, he's, he's some player, really. He really is. Um, yeah, obviously, he will... had those injuries, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard the injuries not important or not serious oh no no, no. i meant like pre- yeah this injury isn't important he's fine i meant previously he had that run where he was just injured all the time um so we'll see if that sort of like dogs his career but yeah, yeah we will we will come back and talk about madison in a little bit okay sorry uh I who do you have in attack oh we're going straight to the attack all right i hit you with miguel Almiron. Ooh, thank you Erling holland Okay, yes. And Leandro Trossard. Ah, very good. Yeah. Mm. Leandro Trossard was a very hard one to leave out. I was like, do I stick him in the attack? Do I stick him in the midfield? Right. Um, which, you know, I think he, he's pretty much a victim of there just being a lot of really good midfielders, a lot of really good attackers. I think I would say he's my fourth best midfielder and my fourth best Attacker. Best attacker. Interesting. I'm um, really interested to see who you have instead of him. Do you have Almiron? I do have Almiron. I do have Holland. Yeah. And I also have Harry Kane just because yeah. his so chances good. created this he's year just so good. is the best he's ever had. It's 32 chances I, created in 14 so games good. is ridiculous. I just feel like I want Harry Kane to not end his career without a trophy. I feel like he's not going to want to leave the Premier League because he wants to break Shearer's record, but I think he should just go to Bayern Munich and win a bunch of trophies because a player of his quality deserves trophies. He is so good. Um, And also shout out because apparently it was his idea for the England World Cup squad to fly to Qatar on a gay pride jet, which I just think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. Well, talking about uh, gay pride uh, jet, I, I would have Harry Kane playing left wing in this team. Oh, God. That would be horrible. <laughs> well, I was going to say, wait, are you going to put Holland out there? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah, Kane can, can play wherever. He's just a brilliant footballer, isn't he? Um, yeah, that's why I just labeled this section attack. I was like, you know, F the formation for the front three. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think like Kane, obviously, if you were going to do. We've taken liberties with this, like team of this. Like Kane should probably be in there, but yeah, I mean, I'll say the reason I picked Trossard is just I think he's a just a, he's been a a big game player, but also a really consistent player this season, and um, it's just he's really fun to watch, and he's just been really deadly. Um, so, and then Miguel Amaron, I mean, you know, yeah, it's what should be said? It's just great to see him come into his own. Will he keep this up? I would be astonished. But, like, I mean, it's fun to watch him just sh- score goals from 25 yards out every single week. Yeah, even, you know, against Chelsea, it was his assist um, for the Willock. Exactly. Goal. Do you think that the Willock World Cup tackled Elmer? So. 
Do you think that the yeah I saw that? Do you think that the World Cup has come at a bad time for Almiron, and that actually will come back after the break, and you know he'll be he'll be the Miguel Almiron of old, like a good player, but sort of just like a runner, and Alonso Maximan will be fit again and sort of take his place again, or uh, I don't want it to happen because okay. I mean, my God, this is fun. He's so good, but so it seems Newcastle... like it has to be yeah. a purple patch, right? Like. Newcastle are going to have the issue after the World Cup that's like the best issue to have um, in squad selection because Isak will be healthy. So yeah. do you start him or do you reward Callum Wilson for having seven goals uh, in ten matches? Yeah, I mean, he'll um, get injured, so... do you, Yeah, but I mean, you got to make these decisions before he gets injured. Um, unless he gets injured in Qatar. Please God no. Um yeah. Then on the left uh that will probably be ASM's spot when he's fully returned. Um he will be starting on the left. Mm. On the right if they choose Callum Wilson, Eddie Howe said he picked Isak as the club record signing because Isak can play on the left and right wings as well. Um so does Isak play on the right wing and Almiron gets dropped, which would be so harsh. Um, but yeah, I, I think pretty much every team is going to benefit from the World Cup being at this moment, except for Newcastle. Mm. Um, because they're essentially going to have players who aren't playing for the next month. Because um, mm. we, we only have five international call-ups. Uh, you know, whereas City has 13, Chelsea has 12. So I think Newcastle will be a little bit rusty when they come back. Um, right. But uh, give me some of your tots of honorable mentions if you came up with Yeah, them. tots of honorable mentions. Martinelli, I have a soft spot for him. I think he's really good. Um, Tarkovsky, you have him in. Uh, yeah, Nick Pope. Jordan Pickford I had. Um, I think Saka has quietly had a really good season. Lots of that Arsenal squad have had a great season. I think Martin Odegaard stepping up as a captain. He's been really good. Jack has had a resurgence. Um, there's no standouts for West Ham. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not... Yeah, I think, I think that's sort of... I guess... Yeah, that's sort of it. Ivan Tony. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with my squad. Yeah, um, I just have Trossard, Gabby Jesus for just the way he started the season. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Gabby Jesus just in general, he stopped scoring, but I mean, he's just still been incredible. Oh, Mitrovic, that's not fair. Mitrovic has to be in there. I, I, I in fact, a lot of Paulinha for Fulham has been probably yeah. along Harrison with Reed. well, Rod, Rodri's the best DM in the league, but Palinia has been really good. Harrison Reed, apparently Fulham fans were saying like he like is good enough to go to the World Cup um over like uh Calvin Phillips. But Mason know. Mount. Mason um, Mount, really? He's he's been good? Oh yeah. Oh going over. No 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 I'm saying oh, right. he shouldn't have made the the England right, squad. Yeah no 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 um, he shouldn't have um and Connor Gallagher. God I didn't Gallagher England squad. Terrible decision. Oh what? 
Well, no, I, did. I mean, Conor Gallagher's good. I think Conor Gallagher won't play a minute. I think Conor Gallagher has been picked because of his personality. So, like, he'll be happy to be there. He'll work hard. He'll be a good squad member. And that's kind of it. Uh, Wilfred Zaha, he's been good this season. Yes. I also uh, have Kulusevsky. Kulusevsky is a good shout. Yeah. yeah. Um, just mainly because straight up, if he doesn't play, Tottenham lose. Um, yeah, pretty much. They cannot play without him. They've been awful without him. Uh, um, like Newcastle and oh, Botman. Rodrigo. Rodrigo Moreno at Leeds. Honestly, if, if we've put like... If I put, I should have probably put him in instead of Trossard because he has nine goals and thirteen appearances, and no one is talking about him. So, I think probably Rodrigo deserves deserves to be in there. Yeah, um, and yeah, if we talk about Rodrigo, we have to talk about Somerville. Um, they've yeah. both scored in the last four matches for Leeds. Yeah, uh, Somerville. Is- yeah. He's a yeah. he's a nippy little player. He's pretty good. He is a nippy little player. Apparently, he's also kind of a dickhead. Um, also, just wanted to shout out: this is not team of the season, but Garnacho for a Man U is interesting. Um, speaking of, like, apparently his attitude has been terrible in the past, but he's like turned it around. This guy is so fast. Have you seen how fast Garnacho is? The goal he scored against Fulham on the weekend, I thought that the... I literally, no word of a lie, thought that the the highlights I was watching was sped up. Like, he is ridiculously fast. I, I'm, like, astonished at how quick he is. Only 18. Um, he, he was taken in the development squad... No, sorry, he was taken in preseason by Ten Hag, but didn't play a minute because apparently he's a dick. Um... And but apparently, but he's so good that Ten Hag, even Ten Hag, has to like play him now, which is why we saw when he scored the goal, Bruno Fernandes took him aside and like, basically like uh, you should find the footage. He like admonished him. He like wagged his finger in his face. It was basically telling him like telling him like you cannot be an asshole about this. Like you have to keep your head grounded. Um, but Garnacho, one to watch. Yeah, within one week, goes with Argentina and plays with Messi, then turns around, plays with Ronaldo for Man U. Um, yeah, I guess he wasn't on. But the he didn't get called up for the World Cup, Cup right, Garnacho? No, but he played in the friendly. Yeah, he did. Yeah, few weeks yeah. ago. And he loves Ronaldo. I mean, I guess we should talk about really briefly Ronaldo and his comments. What do you think his future is now? Is he leaving? Is He's he gone? Leaving. Is he done? Yeah, he's still leaving. Yeah. He's coming to the um, MLS. I can feel it and. Americans you think he'll give stop. up on his Champions League dream? Uh, he the should. MLS would this create a... a cup called the Champions League just for him. We, we absolutely despise Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, obviously we do. But, uh, not even but, I, I just think that this is interesting now where it's like he's ruining his legacy. He's becoming the player that complains. Uh, he's just like a faded a faded star. Now it's it's a weird thing to witness. Um, I think the one criticism you can have of United is it is really unsavory the stuff that he said about how they dealt with the death of either his newborn or his unborn child, and then also the hospitalization of his three month year old in the summer. That sounded really rough. Putting that aside, I just want to mention that the fact it is so bizarre to me 
that he went on Piers Morgan's show, whatever it's called, Talk Something, I don't know, Talk Now, Now Talk. It only has like 80,000 like watch viewers like on whatever channel it's on. Like it's a very small, like poorly produced show. Like Piers Morgan is a has been like ever since he walked off Good Morning Britain and ever since all that stuff, like he's just a has been like no one cares about him anymore. But Ronaldo, Ronaldo literally, he's arguably the most famous person on the planet. He could have chosen anyone to give that interview to. And he goes to Piers Morgan. I just don't understand. It is a very bizarre situation. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's fairly likely that Cristiano Ronaldo is either right wing or right wing friendly. Um, you know, he's got like Jordan Peterson hosted oh, at his house several times. Yeah, um, I mean, he's terrible, but like you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I just realized I said he's gonna sign for the MLS. I forgot he'll he'd get arrested if he set foot. Oh yeah, he can't. So, yeah, um, where is he gonna go? I who? Qatar. Where is he gonna go? No, I just Saudi Arabia. He should go to Sporting and just like just fade into the twilight. But yeah. Um, well, speaking of dishonor, uh, I threw in some dishonorable mentions. Players who had a ton of hype coming into the season and have not really lived up to it. Um, I don't know if you prepared anyone, but I can give you mine. Dishonorable mentions? Okay. Really quickly. Um, Starting Brennan Johnson, just because the hype was so incredible. Too much. Um, Yeah, yeah, he was never going to live up to it, but it's still disappointing. He's Um, been okay. I think, you know, he's 21. Yeah, this yeah. is just the team of the season so far. You know, so far, he's been disappointing. Um, Tariq Mitchell, I thought he's had, you know, pretty poor season so far. Um, Interesting, yeah. Especially looking at, like, the future. Oh, did he switch nationalities? Is he now representing Ghana? Uh, that's there was, like, possible? six players who switched to Ghana. I don't know. But I forget that he has two senior appearances for England. Which is weird to me. No, it's Tariq Lamptey switched to Ghana and Callum Hudson-Odoi, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so, um, yeah, just... Uh, yeah, I forgot he had a England appearance. That totally gets rid of what I was He has two. It's so weird. I yeah, guess actually, Callum Hudson-Odoi has not switched to Ghana, my bad. Uh, Sorry, keep going. He's discussing it or something. Who knows? Who knows? No, he he told he said he told them no. Uh, they wanted to call him up for the World Cup, but he said no. Um, I also for dishonorable mentions, I have the entire Leeds defense. You know, I was super vindicated in their match for mm. Spurs. Um, a hundred percent Leeds lost that match because of every member of their back line. Uh, they're just yeah. n- none of them are capable of defending, and Leeds will get relegated if they don't fix yeah. something in January. Um, and then, of course, Jack Grealish. Fuck him. Oh, uh, yeah. $100 million for Horrible. that player. I hope he does not have a single minute on uh, on the pitch in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, did, did you think of anyone for Dishonorable? Uh, I got... Not really. Uh, Dishonorable? No, not really. Sorry. Okay. Nunez, uh, Nunez, but he's come into form recently. Yeah, I was going to say he's fact, warming up. 
to be fair, I think people are just clowning him. Uh, he's actually been just good. Uh, five goals in ten, three goals in six in the Champions League. Can't really ask yeah. for much more. Um, so, uh, Ivan Tony left off of the plane. Yeah. Who stole? Like, who is the? Who got the the seat that least deserved it? Harry Maguire, hands down. Harry Maguire okay, is not deserved. Harry Maguire has been bad depth, for two years. Depth at per, at positions, you know. Central but, defense for England is a little suspect. Already. Tomori, like Fakayo Tomori, should just go in front of Harry Maguire. Like, I know Fakayo Tomori hasn't had his best season at Milan. But, like, come on. Like, Harry Maguire has been awful and doesn't even play. Like, I just don't understand. Dan Byrne should have gone ahead of Harry Maguire. Like, Dan Absolutely. Byrne deserved a call-up. He's versatile. I, Harry Maguire should, should not be on the plane. Sorry. And I think that, you know, like... You're not going to get any argument from me. No. I mean, Harry Maguire, like, I, I think that is kind of crazy how people turn... You know, it's, it's been a lot for Harry Maguire. Like... And he has played his best football in an England shirt um, in his career. I mean, it's the reason he got the move to Man United was because of how how he played for England. But yeah, I mean, he's he's been dreadful. And I, if he plays, if he plays, we're going to lose, basically. So Harry Maguire needs to leave Man United and go play for some other Prem team. That are less in the limelight and just like regain his form. Who? Sheffield United when they make it up and they can afford his wages. Terrible. Um, Okay. Thank you for submitting your team of the season so far. I can't wait for half these players to go to shit in the second half of the season. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. I do have, since you consider yourself quite the knowledgeable uh, football fan. I have Ooh. some questions for you about okay. the Premier League to see how well you've been paying attention. Because Uh-oh. I always find when I go and look at the stats, I'm like, oh, really? Like, that's strange. Like, one thing I looked at, I was like, you know, Pascal Gross is having a really good season, but I feel like he's always been pretty good. I went and looked at his stats by far having easily the best season yeah. already statistically that he's ever had. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, already, you know, 14 matches in past his career highs. So, okay, my first question for you, Oscar, say well. Yeah. Uh, who has the most yellow cards uh, so far this season with six? There's three answers. I'll give you credit mm. for any of them. Um, all right. I'm going to give you Anthony Gordon. I, in my head, he has a lot of yellow cards. Anthony Gordon is one of them. Do you think you can get yes. any others? No. Okay. The others are Bobby Decadova reed Strange. Uh, which I was very surprised by. And yeah. Ruben Nevesh. Oh, okay. Which I'm not surprised Bobby, by. He's a nasty no. little player as well. Bobby Dickover Reed has been great this season, which makes me happy because he was always a nearly player. 
Um, yeah, ever since the name change, I feel like he's been. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, next question. Okay. Is there any player in the Premier League that has had more than one red card? Oh. Uh, ooh. Um, I would say. Huh? Do I have to name the player if I think I? If I think I would yes? like you, I would like you to name the player. Uh, okay, I will say no. Yeah, you're correct. Not a single player okay. has had more than one red card, which I feel isn't... Like, I know last season, the player with the most red cards had three, I think. I feel like there's not been that many red cards this season. I would like, just also... in general. Um, okay, so this next question, it's the, yeah. the Suchek Award. Um, okay. Who has won the most headers this season? Um, okay. I'm going... So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out some thoughts. I, I feel like Kiefer Moore has to have won a ton. I feel like... I feel like it, it must be like... It has to be like Alexander Mitrovic has won a lot of headers. Um... So not headed goals. Correct. Most headers won. Okay. I'm going to go... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go Mitrovic. It is Mitrovic. <gasps> I'm surprised you didn't go with a defender. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just blanking on defenders, pretty much. Um, okay. Uh, which player has won the most Man of the Match awards this season? And they have five. It should be Miguel Armoron, but I probably isn't. He has um, Who else has been more eye-catching than Miguel Armoron? Um, okay. I would say there's two players. There's two players. There's two players that have won five, five, five. Man That's kind of awards. Can you help me out and give me the squad, the clubs, or is that too obvious? Uh, well, one of them, no matter what hint I give you, it'll be too obvious. One of them is a Newcastle United player. Uh, Gimarish? No. Trippier? Yes. What about Holland? You have the right team. Wrong player. KDB? Yes. I think uh, Declan Rice has won a fair amount too, I think, this season, weirdly. Uh, yeah. I At least on. two or three, maybe. Um, maybe not. I actually don't know um, if who scored is doing this by official... Okay, Mitro with three, Holland with three, Madison with three, Pickford with three, Pascal Gross, three, Morgan Gibbs White with three, oh. Neves and Allison with two. 
Pascal Gross. He's got to have won like two or three at least. Uh, well, a ton of players have. Yeah. Two. Anyway. Um, Ivan Tony. Yeah, Pascal Gross, twenty seventh, but he's tied on with two. Oh, okay. Um, and I bet you Declan Rice also. Maybe um, not. Maybe it's no, just the one. Rice has one. Uh, okay, never mind. Okay. Um, James Madison's 20 goal contributions in 2022 places him where all time in the Prem for goal contributions amongst midfielders. What a question. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get this so wrong. I, you have to give me like a range. Like, are we talking like really low it's, or are we talking no, really no. high? It's top five. Are you serious? Yes. Wait, ask the question again. James Madison yeah. has 20 goal contributions in 2022. Yeah. So since January 1st. Of this okay, year. yeah. That places him where all time in the Prem oh. for goal contributions for a single year. In a, in, a, in, a, in a single year, not, not obviously not. For all, yeah. Second. Yes. No. It is first. He is the wow. most. Seriously? That's why that's I was crazy. like, there's no way he doesn't make the plane. Um, right. And I yeah, think if he hadn't insane. made the plane, it would have been the most egregious decision. If he, if he hadn't have made the plane, it would have been because Southgate literally hates him, like his personality. That's like, that would have been the only reason, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And then one last question for you. There is mm-hmm. only one team that has not conceded a set piece goal this year. Which team oh. is it? Newcastle. No, we've conceded one penalty. Damn it. Do you want a second guess? Uh, I will go West Ham. It is West Ham. West Ham yes. has not conceded from a set piece, which I thought was crazy because we I haven't already given away pens, and no one can beat our brick defenders in the air. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, there are actually quite a few teams that have not conceded, uh, or I guess I I don't know about conceded, but I know about scored. Mm. Um. Several teams have not conceded a single penalty, being Chelsea, Palace, Wolves, and Southampton. Wow. Uh, so I guess they consider set pieces and penalties different. Yeah. Um, yeah, West Ham are the only team yet to uh, concede a set piece. Uh, Burnmouth, with 10, lead the league, which that's egregious. Um, and they also have five penalties conceded, which is also top of the league. Wow. Um, yeah, I was very shocked by that West Ham one. Because um, I feel like when a team's out of form, you know, they just set pieces are so luck based, and, you know, when luck's against you, luck's against you. And, but there had to be at least one set piece conceded. Um, but. That is all for me, Oscar, unless you have something else you'd like to bring up. Nope, all good for me. 
This has been a return to the podcasts of old, where not only did I ask you a bunch of questions, we also went way yeah, great questions. Time. Uh, but I think it was due. Uh, it's been too long since we've chatted. Um, so, uh, you know, good job. We could have gone a lot longer. So we could. this is concise for the level of detail we covered. Uh, thank you all for thank listening you. to episode nine of season three of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Uh, everyone wish Oscar a happy birthday. Uh, do that thank in you. the Twitters, in the emails, in the reviews, mm-hmm. uh, in whatever way you see fit. Uh, and we will get back to you soon with some sort of content to fill what will be a very strange break in play. Thank you very much. Bye.